That was the Dirty Nil. My name's Johnny Valeriot. I'm joined by Colin R. Davidson, and we're back for another episode of Bricks and Clicks. Colin, what is happening today? Oh, just the usual. Just excited to record another pod. Not so live, not with guests. A little bit of the stress is off this week. So it's just the Johnny and Colin banter this week. I love it. Just a simple old week of Johnny and Colin talking about the CPG world. You got to love, love it. it. It's unclear yeah. if the viewers love it, but we sure love doing these ones. Yeah, we'll track the downloads to see if there's a big drop off after this one. But more importantly, Colin, what are you doing these days? What are the things that are top of mind? Where are you spending your energy working with different brands? What is the hot topic today? So recently, I've been involved in a lot of discussions around backend trade management. So less, Ooh. I mean, Still the front end too, but the front side is like actually planning promotions, which is fun and watching how they execute in the consumption data. The back end stuff is the parts that are much less fun. And that's around actually getting these events paid for, clearing deductions as they come in, getting that information back over to the sales team and validating that what we're getting billed is indeed the amount that the event cost. Yeah. So it's and really looking a, at the actual spend of that event versus like we just so I assume you've just finished up planning, you've got your plan, you've modeled the spend, what you think you're going to spend, you decided on the events you want to run, you submitted them. And now you're talking about, okay, that event ran, how do we actually pay for it? What does it cost us? What did it cost us? Yeah, right. Like physically, how do we get dollars to the yeah. retailers to pay for those events? Or when they're sending us bills for the events, how do we make sure they're billing us the right amount? How do we know they didn't fat finger some number and charge us 10 times more than the event than it should have cost? So this all fits into deduction management, trade process, but it's that behind the scenes more closer to the finance side than the sales side. And it's the unsexy part of the process, but these are usually, as we see, the more important parts of the process, or at least very important parts of the process. So working through a lot of that right now. So what does that look like? What does a deduction look like? I'm running my promotion. I ran my promotion a dollar off at, at mm -hmm. a retailer. How does that work? What is the mechanics yeah. of what does the deduction look like? When does it come in? Sure. Yeah. So I guess we should talk about what a deduction is. I just kind of threw yeah. that word out there and it doesn't, it doesn't really have an implicit meaning. It has a contextual meaning here. So a deduction, you can think of a deduction like a bill in a sense. So we ran a promotion. Let's pick uh, Albertsons. So we ran a promotion at Albertsons and we kind of pretend like they're going to send us a bill for the cost of that promotion. But what actually happens is because we're billing Albertsons for the product we sell them, yeah. instead of them also sending us a bill, what they do is they short pay an invoice uh, that we have given to them. So if we invoiced for $50,000 for product they bought from us and they ran a promotion that cost $10,000, instead of paying us 50, they'll just pay us 40. And on that payment, there'll be a line item that says promotion, whatever, that they deducted $10,000 from out they're paying us. So deductions are really underpaid invoices for money that we owe our customers. So this is where it gets really confusing because there's kind of money flowing both ways and it gets a little murky. This this trips people up when they first come in the industry. Yeah, because I mean, it's just, I think everyone deals with that where if we're a manufacturer, our customer is Albertsons. Mm. And when you run a trade promotion, you're paying your customer for that trade promotion or you're buying that event. And yeah, it's, it's just a really strange concept until you get used to it, until you live in it, but still very complicated. So basically it's like a discount on the invoice, right? Exactly. Yes, but it wasn't necessarily a pre-agreed to amount. Well, it might have been, but it just kind of shows up. Like you don't really know, you don't know what's going to get deducted for until it gets deducted for. They're not showing on the deduction like, well, we ran this promotion for the weeks, the first two weeks of September, we sold 20,000 units, we scanned 20,000 units during that promotion, and it was a dollar scan, so it's going to cost $20,000. You're not getting yeah. that detail, is that what you're saying? Yeah, they're just like, you owed us some money. 
and you owed us this many, this many monies. So we're going to take that off. And and then they say like, hey, if you want more information, you can ask for the backup. Right. And so you can imagine that like, if you're trying to be really buttoned up on your trade, you got to chase down like every single piece of backup from all of your customers and then go validate that those are legitimate. And this is maybe happening with people on the finance team who are not day-to-day working with this customer. So they, they don't really know what the plans are. So it's really difficult internally to make sure you have information flowing so that the people that are responsible for ticking the box that this deduction was okay, have the information they need to make that determination. And that's where, this is where it's important to stay in broad strokes because you can't get 100% accuracy on this type of stuff, right? You want to be within tolerances of what your plan is and what you'd expect to see. And then when you see those big deviations, those are the ones you probably want to go and do some research on. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I always say, make a list of your largest to smallest deductions and, and just go in that order. And I, I think, think what can happen though, like the thing you can do is you can dispute these deductions. That's the cool thing. So if, if Albertsons does short pay an invoice by that $10,000, you can go back and say, actually, I don't think this is legitimate. And there's every retailer has a process for disputing it. And then they take a look at it and either say, yeah, you're right. We'll pay you back. We'll pay you that money. Or no, you're wrong. You still owe us the money. And here's the backup for it. So the analogy, I just read this on LinkedIn this morning, actually. Someone was talking about exactly this. The analogy was, it's like going to a restaurant, you get a bill for your meal, you pay half of it. And you say, actually, restaurant, if you want the other half, you're going to have to come after me to get it. Yeah, it's terrible. It's like, well, we don't get to do that. This is standard practice here. Yep. Pretty standard. And, And oh. I was going to say, like the example we were just talking about, Albertsons with a dollar scan. I mean, that's pretty clean in terms of we can go look in the consumption data. We can see how much scanned. We know it was a dollar. We can get a pretty good idea how much that event should should cost, how much should be deducted for it. Now, it gets a lot more complicated when you're dealing with distributors, right? Well, and also that, like, go back to the first example, that's that's easy for us because you and I are looking at consumption data all day. If you're on the finance team and your job is just to get these deductions cleared, you're not going and pulling data and looking at it. So it, it actually could, it can be complicated for the person who's doing the work, even in the simple cases. And then, like you mentioned, the distributor cases, it's not so clean because a UNFI, for example, may send you a deduction for 50 different retailers at once yeah. for a month's worth yeah. of deductions. And they send you like, Sorry to pick on UNFI, but there's others that do this too. It's it's just standard practice. But you'll just get a PDF, a scanned or a, a printout even of something that has been rescanned that has a bunch of line items on it with just codes, just numbers or like alphanumeric codes. And like that's crazy. It. That's how you get just a PDF. Plan. That's all the detail you get. So you got to mine through that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you get the other stuff. You can get other stuff. It's just there's it's it's a slow it's work. It can be a slow process to get it. There are services that help make it easier. All organizations, I would say, struggle with this until they figure it out. It's a normal growing pain. Yeah. Also, sort of one more point that makes it even more complicated is sometimes these deductions for one event can go across multiple invoices over time, right? It's not like, okay, all this event ran, then I'm going to deduct for it, and then it's clean. It's like, no, this deduction could come in across the next three months. So you could have Mm -hmm. three months of these deductions coming in for that event that ran in Q1. And so you just have to always be on top of it. it. And it takes time before you can really close down that event and say, yeah, this is how much we actually spent on that Q1. Yeah. So in the process of this, I've been doing, we've been doing a lot of thinking on like, what's the minimal process? Let's say you're a small company and you haven't really done this and now you need to stand up a little bit of process. What are the minimal things that you need to do to facilitate the receiving of deductions, being able to validate that they are legitimate or not, getting them paid, and then tracking against how much you thought those events were going to cost and what they actually cost. So what is that? What is what does step one look like? I want to share this with our audience, if any of you are still listening. So I got it broken into four areas. And anyone okay. that is still listening, if you got any feedback on this, we welcome it. Please interact with us on LinkedIn or whatever, chat about this. But 
four areas. First is the trade event planning. So we got to make events to track against. And this is our usual account planning. planning. I think we've talked about account planning a lot. We're always talking about account planning. But you make these plans and what you end up with coming out of that is a list. You could call it a database, but at the end of the day, it's really just a list. It could be a list on a piece of paper, in fact, but a list of events and how much we think they're going to cost. So we'll call that like your event database. Then on the deduction side, as deductions come in or bills come in, you can think about them like bills. Bills come in from retailers for events. We need to do something with those and make a list of them. So we'll do the same thing. We'll keep those in a list, an Excel sheet or an actual database or just a... So you're pulling off of every deduction, every invoice that we sent to our to a customer when they pay for yep. it and they deduct the line item and say, hey, $10,000 for Albertson Safeway. You're going to yep. make a database or a list of those deductions. That's right. Yeah. So okay. now we got, we got two lists. We got our trade events and we have yep. our deductions. Yep. And so with those deductions, we need to determine whether they're legitimate or not. And so the process of that is to compare a deduction in your deduction database to events in your event database. So if things are going really well, you'll get the deduction. You'll look in your event database and be like, yep, that was the October promotion at Albertsons. And we thought it was going to cost $11,000 and here's the bill for $10,000. So yep, all good. We're good. I'm going to clear that. I'm going to clear that deduction to that event. Okay. And so now there's a there's a there's a tie between like this deduction and this event are for the same thing that's going to be important later. So we need to be able to clear the deductions. And then if it's not in the list, you got to go ask somebody. So someone on the finance team has to go bug a salesperson and be like, why is there just this deductions? Yeah. The finance folks, we don't expect them to have the context dependent information about these plans, but the salespeople do. Which is why it's so important. It's a disclaimer, right? When you do planning, the next phase, which a lot of teams or a lot of brands are doing right now is loading those plans into their TPM, to their database, into a list, whatever that is, you make sure you do that, right? Like it's an important phase and get all of the events, anything that could be tied to spend or deductions into that thing as soon as possible. Because if it's in there and finance goes and looks at it, if it's there, they're happy. If it's not, then they got to come and bother you during the year, which we right. don't want. That's right. Okay. Third area. I got four areas for the trade process. So yep. we have an event database. We got a deduction database. We're clearing deductions to events or kicking them out of the sales team to be like, hey, make an event because I need to clear this to something. Yep. The next part is is actually managing your trade events over time. We did all this planning to get the event database and we had trade budgets in mind. And as the year goes on, we may find that we're over or underspent. Yep. And so in this process, one of the key things is the ability to manage your spend through the year. So to be able to do that, now that we've cleared deductions, we need to be able to do things like look at whether events are open or closed and close events. So if we were looking, going back to that example where we had an event that we said was going to cost $11,000, we got a $10,000 deduction. Now there's a question of, are we going to get another deduction for that next thousand dollars or is this it? And that's the sales team's job, right? They are the ones that determine like, no, we have received all the deductions we're going to receive or not. And so timely closing of events is really important so that we know whether we're over or underspent or if there's liability money to spend there. Yeah. yeah. Or if we have money that we could be spending that's on sitting on the books right now and not doing anything, but that extra thousand dollars could go toward a promotion in the back half. And then we need to be able to update events too. So like event dates and, and parameters change. So we need to be able to update events in our event database if we yeah. part way in the year and then decide to go deeper or something. So we need to be able to manage those events. And then in the process of doing that management and you've got your events tied to your deductions, that's really important to be able to report. I mentioned like the outstanding liability. So if you look at all your events that are still open and say, well, how many deductions have come in versus what was the estimated total spend? The difference there is how much more you expect to come in on deductions. And so we better be ready for those expenses to, to come in. We haven't seen yeah. them yet, but that's liability that's out there and should be coming in. The fourth area, I'll keep this one real brief. This is monthly accruing. I mentioned that reporting. All of this should help you 
at the end of the month to be able to say, I need to put this much trade on my books to cover the outstanding liability. If you have the event database, you have your deduction database, you're clearing deductions to your event database and closing events, then those two things combined and the relations between them allow you to get a lot of information that will allow you to accrue, hopefully with more confidence. So That's simple. It. it sounds overly simple. But it's incredibly complicated. It's complicated to get this dialed in, like to get the information, get it flowing to the right people. This is what TPM system, trade promotion management systems, were originally designed to help with. Like your TPM system houses your event database, typically. It's usually a different system that your deductions are in, but the TPM allows you, helps facilitate the clearing of deductions and then the reporting. So when we think about a TPM, TPMs are great, but really they're just tools to facilitate this process. Yeah, what really matters is what goes into the TPM system, right? right. The volume the estimates people. that yield the spend estimates. That's the important piece mm -hmm. that the TPM system can't do for you. That's where it's right. important to do account planning. When we talk yeah. about account planning and going through all that detail around pricing and distribution and promotion, that's one of the benefits of that is to allow us to have better reads and better estimates into the TPM system. Yeah, that's right. I like to make these things like overly simple and say, what's the minimum version? So like my minimal TPM system, if I have the most simple business ever, it's just me. I could literally have two pieces of paper yeah, and just have, here's my estimated costs. And as I clear deductions, I'll just write that number beside it and then just write a closed or open beside it. Like that's the TPM system. That's managing your trade promotions. Just put it in Excel, Google spreadsheet, and then I, Excel. Yeah. yeah. So the, that's the next stage, right? Well, okay, well, this, this sucks on paper. Let's put it in Excel. And then eventually like, well, this sucks in Excel. Let's put it in a database. And then you're like, well, exactly. we got this database. Let's make a web app. And then, well, let's integrate this with our financial systems and ERP systems. And then you got yourself a full-fledged TPM system as we would call it the TPM today. That's great. So that's the oversimplified, the very, very oversimplified version of this. But I think it is really valuable to think about what is this process actually doing and what do I actually need to do in this process? And then I identify gaps. So like if you're not clearing deductions to events, it's probably a miss and you might want to just ask, hey, is there information to be gained from doing this? I think it's important too to illustrate how this is a very complicated process with a lot of moving pieces and mm -hmm. it can help maybe the sales team give idea about why finance is so frustrated sometimes dealing with this and then finance, why it's so complicated for the sales team to have these inputs. And there's never going to be a perfect solution to this. There's always going to be wiggle room and sort of, hey, if we're pretty close, that's good enough. And so really focusing on that and illustrating like, yeah, there's a lot going on here. And it's hard to get 100% accurate. And so to me, this is like a classic thing of like perfect is the enemy of the good, mm -hmm. this type of stuff here, yeah. which is important. Yeah. The thing to ask yourself, if you have a process or parts and pieces of a process, is it facilitating the things I need to do on a monthly, quarterly, annual basis to manage the business? If it's not facilitating these key things, then maybe it's the wrong tools or wrong process. If your process looks different than this, than I've laid out, and you're like, hey, it's checking all the boxes for me. I'm doing great. I would love to hear on how that differs from this. This is an evolving thinking, but yeah, love to chat about that. Yeah. If any listeners out there have any questions about the topics we touched on today, please reach out, send your questions. We'll be happy to talk more. Well, Colin, I think that does it for today. I hear the Dirty Nell plan us out. Hope you have a great week, everyone. Thanks for all our listeners and we'll see you all next week. Thanks. Thank you.